This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Twelfth Night, or What You Will, by William Shakespeare. Act Three, Scene One, Olivia's Garden. Enter Viola and Clown with a tabor. Save thee, friend, and thy music. Dost thou live by thy tabor? No, sir, I live by the church. Art thou a churchman? No such matter, sir. I do live by the church, for I do live at my house, and my house doth stand by the church. So thou mayst say the king lies by a beggar, if a beggar dwell near him, or the church stands by thy tabor, if thy tabor stands by the church. You have said, sir, to see this age. A sentence is but a chervil glove to a good wit. How quickly the wrong side may be turned outward. Nay, that's certain. They that dally nicely with words may quickly make them wanton. I would, therefore, my sister had had no name, sir. Why, man? Why, sir, her name's a word, and to dally with that word might make my sister wanton. But, indeed, words are the very rascals since bonds disgraced them. Thy reason, man? Troth, sir, I can yield you none without words, and words are grown so false I am loath to prove reason with them. I warrant thou art a merry fellow, and carest for nothing. Not so, sir, I do care for something, but in my conscience, sir, I would not care for you. If that be to care for nothing, sir, I would it would make you invisible. Art not thou the Lady Olivia's fool? No, indeed, sir, the Lady Olivia has no folly. She will keep no fool, sir, till she be married. And fools are as like husbands as pilchards are to herrings. The husband's the bigger. I am, indeed, not her fool, but her corrupter of words. I saw thee late at Count Orsino's. Foolery, sir, does walk about the orb like the sun. It shines everywhere. I would be sorry, sir, but the fool should be as oft with your master as with my mistress. I think I saw your wisdom there. Nay, and thou pass upon me, I'll no more with thee. Hold, there's expenses for thee. Now, Jove, in his next commodity of hair, send thee a beard. By my troth, I'll tell thee, I am almost sick for one. Aside. Though I would not have it grow on my chin. Is thy lady within? Would not a pair of these have bread, sir? Yes, being kept together and put to use. I would play Lord Pandarus of Phrygia, sir, to bring a crusader to this Troilus. I understand you, sir. Tis well begged. The matter, I hope, is not great, sir, begging but a beggar. Cressida was a beggar. My lady is within, sir. I will construe to them whence you come, who you are, and what you would are out of my welkin. I might say element, but the word is overworn. Exit. This fellow is wise enough to play the fool, and to do that well craves a kind of wit. He must observe their mood on whom he jests, the quality of persons and the time— and like the haggard, check at every feather that comes before his eye. This is a practice as full of labour as a wise man's art, for folly that he wisely shows is fit. But wise men, folly fallen, quite taint their wit. Enter Sir Toby and Sir Andrew. Save you, gentlemen. And you, sir. Dieu vous garde, monsieur. Et vous aussi, votre serviteur. I hope, sir, you are, and I am yours. Will you encounter the house? 
My niece's desire is you should enter, if your trade be to her. I am bound to your niece, sir. I mean, she is the list of my voyage. Taste your legs, sir. Put them to motion. My legs do better understand me, sir, than I understand what you mean by bidding me taste my legs. I mean to go, sir. To enter. I will answer you with gate and entrance. But we are prevented. Enter Olivia and Maria. Most excellent accomplished lady, the heavens rain odours on you. That youth's a rare courtier. Rain odours well. My matter hath no voice, lady, but to your own most pregnant and vouchsafed dear. Odours? Pregnant and vouchsafed? I'll get em all three already. Let the garden door be shut, and leave me to my hearing. Exeunt Sir Toby, Sir Andrew, and Maria. Give me your hand, sir. My duty, madam, and most humble service. What is your name? Cesario is your servant's name, fair princess. My servant, sir. Twas never merry world since lowly feigning was called compliment. Your servant to the Count Orsino, youth. And he is yours, and his must needs be yours. Your servant's servant is your servant, madam. For him I think not on him. For his thoughts would they were blanks rather than filled with me. Madam, I come to wet your gentle thoughts on his behalf. Oh, by your leave, I pray you. I bade you never speak again of him. But would you undertake another suit? I had rather hear you to solicit that than music from the spheres. Dear lady— Give me leave, beseech you. I did send, after the last enchantment you did hear, a ring in chase of you. So did I abuse myself, my servant, and, I fear me, you. Under your hard construction must I sit, to force that on you in a shameful cunning, which you knew none of yours. What might you think? Have you not set mine honour at the stake, and baited it with all the unmuzzled thoughts that tyrannous heart can think? To one of your receiving enough is shown. A cypress, not a bosom, hides my heart. So let me hear you speak. I pity you. That's a degree to love. No, not a grise. For tis a vulgar proof that very oft we pity enemies. Why, then methinks tis time to smile again. O world, how apt the poor are to be proud. If one should be a prey, how much the better to fall before the lion than the wolf. The clock upbraids me with the waste of time. Be not afraid, good youth, I will not have you. And yet, when wit and youth is come to harvest, your wife is like to reap a proper man. There lies your way, due west. Then westward ho. Grace and good disposition attend your ladyship. You'll nothing, madam, to my lord by me? Stay. I prithee tell me what thou thinkst of me. That you do think you are not what you are. If I think so, I think the same of you. Then you think right. I am not what I am. I would you were as I would have you be. Would it be better, madam, than I am? I wish it might, for now I am your fool. Oh, what a deal of scorn looks beautiful in the contempt and anger of his lip! A murderous guilt shows not itself more soon than love that would seem hid. Love's night is noon. Cesario, by the roses of the spring, by maidenhood, honour, truth, and everything, 
I love thee so that maugre all thy pride, nor wit nor reason can my passion hide. Do not extort thy reason from this clause, for that I woo, thou therefore hast no cause. But rather reason thus with reason fetter. Love sought is good, but given unsought is better. By innocence I swear, and by my youth, I have one heart, one bosom, and one truth, and that no woman has, nor ever none shall mistress be of it, save I alone. And so adieu, good madam. Never more will I my master's tears to you deplore. Yet come again, for thou perhaps mayst move that heart which now abhors to like his love. Exeunt. End of scene one. Scene two. Olivia's house. Enter Sir Toby, Sir Andrew, and Fabian. No, faith, I'll not stay a jot longer. Thy reason, dear Venom, give thy reason. You must needs yield your reason, Sir Andrew. Marry, I saw your niece do more favours to the Count's serving-man than ever she bestowed upon me. I saw to the orchard. Did she see thee the while, old boy? Tell me that. As plain as I see you now. This was a great argument of love in her toward you. Slight, will you make an ass of me? I will prove it legitimate, sir, upon the oaths of judgment and reason. And they have been grand journeymen since before Noah and the sailor. She did show favor to the youth in your sight, only to exasperate you, to awake your dormouse valor, to put fire in your heart and brimstone in your liver. You should then have accosted her, and with some excellent jests, fire new from the mint, you should have banged the youth into dumbness. This was looked for at your hand, and this was balked. The double guilt of this opportunity you let time wash off, and you are now sailed into the north of my lady's opinion, where you will hang like an icicle on the Dutchman's beard, unless you do redeem it by some laudable attempt at either valor or policy. And be anyway, it must be with valor, for policy I hate. I had as lief be a brownist as a politician. Why then, build me thy fortunes upon the basis of valor. Challenge me with the country's youth to fight with him. Hurt him in eleven places. My niece shall take note of it, and assure thyself. There is no love-broker in the world can more prevail in man's commendation with women than report of valor. There is no way but this, Sir Andrew. Will either of you bear me a challenge to him? Go, write it in a martial hand. Be cursed and brief. It is no matter how witty, so it be eloquent and full of invention. Taunt him with the license of ink. If thou thouest him some thrice, it shall not be amiss, and as many lies as will lie in thy sheet of paper, although the sheet were big enough for the bed of ware in England. Set him down. Go about it. Let there be gall enough in thy ink, though thou write with a goose-pen no matter about it. Where shall I find you? We'll call thee at the cubiculo. Go! Exit Sir Andrew. This is a dear mannequin of you, Sir Toby. I have been dear to him, lad, some two thousand strong or so. We shall have a rare letter of him, but you'll not deliver it? 
Never trust me, then, and by all means stir on the youth to an answer. I think oxen and wain-ropes cannot hail them together, for Andrew, if he were opened, and you find so much blood in his liver as will clog the foot of a flea, I'll eat the rest of the anatomy. And his opposite, the youth, bears in his visage no great presage of cruelty. Look where the youngest wren of the nine comes. Enter Maria. If you desire the spleen, and will laugh yourself into stitches, follow me. Yond gull Malvolio is turned heathen, a very renegado, for there is no Christian that means to be saved by believing rightly, can ever believe such impossible passages of grossness. He's in yellow stockings. And cross-gartered? Most villainously, like a pedant that keeps a school of the church. I have dogged him like his murderer. He does obey every point of the letter that I dropped to betray him. He does smile his face into more lines than is in the new map with the augmentation of the Indies. You have not seen such a thing as tis. I can hardly forbear hurling things at him. I know my lady will strike him. If she do, he'll smile and take it for a great favor. Come, bring us. Bring us where he is. Exeunt. End of scene two. Scene three. A street. Enter Sebastian and Antonio. I would not by my will have troubled you, but since you make your pleasure of your pains, I will no further chide you. I could not stay behind you. My desire more sharp than filed steel did spur me forth, and not all love to see you, though so much as might have drawn one to a longer voyage, but jealousy what might befall your travel. Being skillless in these parts, which, to a stranger, unguided and unbefriended, often prove rough and unhospitable. My willing love, the rather by these arguments of fear, set forth in your pursuit. My kind Antonio, I can no other answer make but thanks, and thanks, and ever. Oft good returns are shuffled off with such uncurrent pay, but were my worth, as is my conscience firm, you should find better dealing. What's to do? Shall we go see the relics of this town? Tomorrow, sir. Best first go see your lodging. I am not weary, and it is long to-night. I pray you, let us satisfy our eyes with the memorials of the things of fame that do renown this city. Oh, would you pardon me? I do not without danger walk these streets. Once, in a sea-fight against the Count, his galleys I did some service, of such note indeed, that, were I ta'en here, it would scarce be answered. Belike you slew a great number of his people. The offence is not of such a bloody nature, albeit the quality of the time and quarrel might well have given us bloody argument. It might have since been answered in repaying what we took from them which, for traffic's sake, most of our city did, only myself stood out, for which, if I be lapsed in this place, I shall pay dear. Ah, do not then walk too open. It doth not fit me. Hold, sir, here's my purse. In the south suburbs, at the Elephant, is the best to lodge. I will bespeak your diet, whilst you beguile the time and feed your knowledge with the viewing of the town. There shall you have me. Why, I your purse. 
haply your eye shall light upon some toy you have desire to purchase, and your store, I think, is not for idle markets, sir. I'll be your purse-bearer and leave you for an hour. To the elephant. I do remember. Exeunt. End of scene three. Scene four. Olivia's garden. Enter Olivia and Maria. I have sent after him. He says he'll come. How shall I feast him? What bestow of him? For youth is bought more oft than begged or borrowed. I speak too loud. Where is Malvolio? He is sad and civil, and suits well for a servant with my fortunes. Where is Malvolio? He is coming, madam, but in very strange manner. He is sure possessed, madam. Why, what's the matter? Does he rave? No, madam, he does nothing but smile. Your ladyship were better have some guard about you if he come, for sure the man's tainted in his wits. Go call him hither. Exit Maria. I am as mad as he, if sad and merry madness equal be. Re-enter Maria with Malvolio. How now, Malvolio? Sweet lady. Ho, ho. Smilest thou? I sent for thee upon a sad occasion. Sad, lady? I could be sad. This does make some obstruction in the blood, this cross-gartering. Oh, but what of that? If it please the eye of one, it is with me as the very true sonnet is. Please one, and please all. Why, how dost thou, man? What is the matter with thee? Not black in my mind, though yellow in my legs. It did come to his hands, and commands shall be executed. I think we do know the sweet Roman hand. Wilt thou go to bed, Malvolio? To bed? Aye, sweetheart, and I'll come to thee. God comfort thee. Why dost thou smile so and kiss thy hand so oft? How do you, Malvolio? At your request. Yes, nightingales answer Dawes. Why appear you with this ridiculous boldness before my lady? Be not afraid of greatness. Twas well writ. What meanst thou by that, Malvolio? Some are born great. <laughs> some achieve greatness. What sayest thou? And some have greatness thrust upon them. Heaven restore thee. Remember who commended thy yellow stockings? Thy yellow stockings? And wish to see thee cross-gartered? Cross-gartered? Go to. Thou art made if thou desirest to be so. Am I made? If not, let me see thee a servant still. Why, this is very midsummer madness. Enter servant. Madam, the young gentleman of the Count Torsino's is returned. I could hardly entreat him back. He attends your ladyship's pleasure. I'll come to him. Exit servant. Good Maria, let this fellow be looked to. Where's my cousin Toby? Let some of my people have a special care of him. I would not have him miscarry for the half of my dowry. 
Exeunt Olivia and Maria. Oh, do you come near me now? <laughs> no worse man than Sir Toby to look to me. This concurs directly with the letter. She sends him on purpose, that I may appear stubborn to him, for she incites me to that in the letter. Cast thy humble slow, she says. Be opposite with kinsmen, surly with servants. Let thy tongue tang with arguments of state. Put thyself into the trick of singularity, and consequently sets down the matter how— as a sad face, a reverend carriage, a slow tongue, in the habit of some sir of note, and so forth. I have limed her, but it is Jove's doing, and Jove make me thankful. And when she went away, now, let this fellow be looked to. Fellow, not Malvolio, nor after my degree, but fellow. Why, everything adheres together. There's no dram of a scruple, no scruple of a scruple, no obstacle, no incredulous or unsafe circumstance. What can be said? Nothing that can be can come between me and the full prospect of my hopes. Well, Jove, not I, is the doer of this, and he is to be thanked. Re-enter Maria with Sir Toby and Fabian. Which way is he, in the name of sanctity? If all the devils of hell be drawn in little, the legion himself possessed him. Yet I'll speak to him. Here he is, here he is. How is't with you, sir? How is't with you, man? Go off. I discard you. Let me enjoy my private. Go off. Lo, how hollow the fiend speaks within him. Did I not tell you? Sir Toby, my lady prays you to have a care of him. Ah, does she so? Go to, go to, peace, peace. We must deal gently with him. Let me alone. How do you, Malvolio? How is it with you? What, man? Defy the devil? Consider he's an enemy to mankind. Do you know what you say? La, you, and you speak ill of the devil, how he takes it at heart. Pray God he be not bewitched. My lady would not lose him for more than I'll say. How now, mistress? Oh, Lord. Prithee, hold thy peace. This is not the way. Do you not see you move him? Let me alone with him. No way but gentleness. Gently, gently. The fiend is rough, and will not be roughly used. Why, how now, my boarcock? How dost thou, Chuck? Sir! Ah, Bitty, come with me. What, man? Tis not for gravity to play at cherry-pit with Satan. Hang him, foul collier. Get him to say his prayers, good Sir Toby. Get him to pray. My prayers, minx? No, I warrant you, he will not hear of godliness. Go hang yourselves all. You are idle, shallow things. I am not of your element. You shall know more hereafter. Exit. Is it possible? If this were played upon a stage now, I would condemn it as an improbable fiction. His very genius hath taken the infection of the device, man. Nay, pursue him now, lest the device take air and taint. What? 
We shall make him mad indeed. The house will be the quieter. Come, we'll have him in the dark room and bound. My niece is already in the belief that he's mad. We may carry it thus, for our pleasures and his penance, till our very pastime, tired out of breath, prompt us as to have mercy with him, at which time he will bring the device to the bar and crown thee for a finder of the madmen. But see, but see. Enter Sir Andrew. More matter for a May morning. Here's the challenge. Read it. I warrant there's vinegar and pepper in't. Is't so saucy? Ay, is't. I warrant him. Do but read. Give me. Reads. Youth, whatsoever thou art, thou art but a scurvy fellow. Good and valiant. Reads. Wonder not, nor admire not in thy mind why I do call thee so, for I will show thee no reason for't. A good note. That keeps you from the blow of the law. Reads. Thou comest to the Lady Olivia, and in my sight she uses thee kindly. But thou livest in thy throat. That is not the matter I challenge thee for. Very brief, and to exceeding good sense. Less. Reads. I will waylay thee going home, where, if it be thy chance, to kill me. Good. Reads. Thou killest me like a rogue and a villain. Still you keep oath windy side of the law. Good. Reads. Fare thee well, and God have mercy upon one of our souls. He may have mercy upon mine, but my hope is better, and so look to thyself. Thy friend, as thou usest him, and thy sworn enemy, Andrew Egucheek. If this letter move him not, his legs cannot. I'll give it him. You may have very fit occasion for it. He is now in some commerce with my lady, and will by and by depart. Go, Sir Andrew. Scout me for him at the corner of the orchard, like a bum-belly. So soon as ever thou seest him draw, and as thou drawest, swear horrible, for it comes to pass off that a terrible oath, with a swaggering accent sharply twanged off, gives manhood more approbation than ever good proof itself would have earned him. Away! Nay, let me alone for swearing. Exit. Now wilt not I deliver this letter, for the behavior of the young gentleman gives him out to be of good capacity and breeding. His employment between his lord and my niece confirms no less. Therefore this letter, being so excellently ignorant, will breed no terror in the youth. He will find it comes from a clogpole. But, sir, I will deliver his challenge by word of mouth, set upon Egucheek a notable report of valor, and drive the gentleman, as I know his youth will aptly receive it, into a most hideous opinion of his rage, skill, fury, and impetuosity. This will so fright them both that they will kill one another by the look, like cockatrices. 
re-enter Olivia with Viola. Here he comes with your niece. Give him way until he take leave. Then presently after him. I will mediate the while upon some horrid message for a challenge. Exeunt Sir Toby, Fabian, and Maria. I have said too much unto a heart of stone, and laid mine honour too unchary out. There's something in me that reproves my fault, but such a headstrong potent fault it is, that it but mocks reproof. With the same haviour that your passion bears goes on my master's grief. Here, wear this jewel for me. Tis my picture. Refuse it not. It hath no tongue to vex you. And I beseech you, come again to-morrow. What shall you ask of me that I'll deny, that honour saved may upon asking give? Nothing but this, your true love for my master. How with mine honour may I give him that which I have given to you? I will acquit you. Well, come again to-morrow. Fare thee well. A fiend like thee might bear my soul to hell. Exit. Re-enter Sir Toby and Fabian. Gentlemen, God save thee. And you, sir. That defence thou hast, betake thee to it. Of what nature the wrongs are that thou hast done him, I know not. But thy interceptor, full of despite, bloody as the hunter, attends thee at the orchard end. Dismount thy tuck, be yare in thy preparation, for thy assailant is quick, skilful and deadly. You mistake, sir. I am sure no man hath any quarrel to me. My remembrance is very free and clear from any image of offence done to any man. You'll find it otherwise, I assure you. Therefore, if you hold your life in any price, betake you to your guard, for your opposite hath in him what youth, strength, skill, and wrath can furnish man withal. I pray you, sir, what is he? He is a knight, dubbed with an unhatched rapier and on-carpet consideration. But he is a devil in private brawl. Souls and bodies hath he divorced three, and his incensement at the moment is so implacable that satisfaction can be none but pangs of death and sepulchre. Hob-nob is his word. Give it or take it. I will return again into the house and desire some conduct of the lady. I am no fighter. I have heard of some kind of men that put quarrels purposely on others to taste their valour, but like this is a man of that quirk. Sir, no. His indignation derives itself out of a very competent injury. Therefore, get you on and give him his desire. Back you shall not be to the house, unless you undertake that with me, which with as much safety as you might answer him. Therefore, on, or strip your sword stark naked, for metal you must. That's certain. Or forswear to wear iron about you. This is as uncivil as strange. I beseech you, do me this courteous office, as to know of the knight what my offence to him is. It is something of my negligence, nothing of my purpose. I will do so. Senor Fabian, stay you by this gentleman till my return. Exit. Pray you, sir, do you know of this matter? I know the knight is incensed against you, even to a mortal arbitrament, but nothing of the circumstance more. I beseech you, what manner of man is he? Nothing of that wonderful promise to read him by his form, as you are like to find him in the proof of his valour. 
He is indeed, sir, the most skillful, bloody, and fatal opposite that you could possibly have found in any part of Illyria. Will you walk towards him? I will make your peace with him if I can. I shall be much bound to you for it. I am one that had rather go with Sir Priest than Sir Knight. I care not who knows so much of my metal. Exeunt. Re-enter Sir Toby with Sir Andrew. Why, man, he's a very devil. I have not seen such a Firago. I had pass with him, rapier, scabbard, and all. And he gives me the stuck in with such a mortal notion that it is inevitable. And, and on the answer, he pays you as surely as your feet hit the ground they step on. They say that he has been fencer to the Sophie. Poxant, I'll not meddle with him. Aye, but he will not now be pacified. Fabian can scarce hold him yonder. Plague hunt, and I thought he'd been valiant and so cunning in fence. I'd have seemed him down there, I'd have challenged him. Let him let the matter slip, and I, I'll give him my horse, Grey Capulet. I'll make the motion. Stand here, a good show of it. This shall end without the perdition of souls. Aside. Mary, I'll ride your horse as well as I can ride you. Re-enter Fabian and Viola. To Fabian. I have his horse to take up the quarrel. I have persuaded him the youth's a devil. He is as horribly conceited of him, and pants and looks pale, as if a bear were at his heels. To Viola. There's no remedy, sir. He will fight with you for an oath's sake. Marry, he hath better bethought him of his quarrel, and he finds that now scarce to be worth talking of. Therefore draw, for the supportance of his vow. He protests he will not hurt you. Aside. Pray God defend me. A little thing would make me tell them how much I lack of a man. Give ground if you see him furious. Come, Sir Andrew, there's no remedy. This gentleman will, for his honour's sake, have one bout with you. He cannot by the duello avoid it, but he has promised me, as he is a gentleman and a soldier, he will not hurt you. Come on, to it. Pray God he keeps his oath. I do assure you, tis against my will. They draw. Enter Antonio. Put up your sword. If this young gentleman have done offence, I take the fault on me. If you offend him, I for him defy you. You, sir, why, what are you? One, sir, that for his love dares yet do more than you have heard him brag to you he will. Nay, if you be an undertaker, I am for you. They draw. Enter officers. Oh, good Sir Toby, hold. Here come the officers. I'll be with you anon. Pray, sir, put your sword up, if you please. Marry will I, sir, and for that I promised you I'll be as good as my word. He will bear you easily, and reigns well. This is the man. Do thy office. Antonio, I arrest thee at the suit of Count Orsino. You do mistake me, sir. No, sir, no jot. I know your favour well, though now you have no sea-cap on your head. Take him away. He knows I know him well. I must obey. To Viola. This comes with seeking you. But there's no remedy. I shall answer it. What will you do? 
Now, my necessity makes me to ask you for my purse. It grieves me much more for what I cannot do for you than what befalls myself. You stand amazed, but be of comfort. Come, sir, away. I must entreat of you some of that money. What money, sir? For the fair kindness you have showed me here, and part being prompted by your present trouble, out of my lean and low ability I'll lend you something. My having is not much. I'll make division of my present with you. Hold, there's half my coffer. Will you deny me now? It's possible that my deserts to you can lack persuasion. Do not tempt my misery, lest that it make me so unsound a man as to upbraid you with those kindnesses that I have done for you. I know of none, nor know I you by voice or any feature. I hate ingratitude more in a man than lying, vainness, babbling, drunkenness, or any taint of vice whose strong corruption inhabits our frail blood. Oh, heavens themselves! Come, sir, I pray you, go. Let me speak a little. This youth that you see here, I snatched one half out of the jaws of death, relieved him with such sanctity of love, and to his image, which methought did promise most venerable worth, did I devotion. What's that to us? The time goes by. Away. But, oh, how vile an idol proves this god! Thou hast, Sebastian, done good features shame. In nature there's no blemish but the mind. None can be called deformed but the unkind. Virtue is beauty, but the beauteous evil are empty trunks, ever flourished by the devil. The man grows mad. Away with him. Come, come, sir. Lead me on. Exit with officers. Methinks his words do from such passion fly that he believes himself. So do not I. Prove true imagination, oh, prove true that I, dear brother, be now taken for you. Come hither, knight, come hither. Fabian, we'll whisper o'er it a couplet or two of most sage saws. He named Sebastian. I, my brother, know yet living in my glass. Even such and so in favour was my brother, and he went still in this fashion, colour, ornament, for him I imitate. Oh, if it prove tempests are kind, and salt waves fresh in love. Exit. A very dishonest paltry boy, and more a coward than a hare. His dishonesty appears in leaving his friend here in necessity, and denying him, and for his cowardship, ask Fabian. A coward, a most devout coward, religious in it. Slit, I laughed to him again and beat him. Do. Cut him soundly, but never draw thy sword. And I do not. Exit. Come, let's see the event. I dare lay any money, t'will be nothing yet. Exeunt. End of scene four. End of act three.